And I'm Austin. And we're a married couple. And we are embarking on another season of lovingly snarking on Hallmark's Countdown to Christmas lineup. And I know that we said that we we're only doing one podcast a week, but we couldn't left resist. it open. We couldn't resist. Um, we're bringing you a very special mini episode that we like to call a snark attack. <laughs> and like a snark attack, um, it'll start out very calm. We're riding the calm waters. We're enjoying our beautiful day, talking about the it's things. It's a beautiful day at the beach. We don't know there's sharks in the water yet. Right. We're enjoying the things we liked about this movie um, and thinking about the positives. And then, boom, out of nowhere, just like this episode, uh, <laughs> snark attack. Snark attack. And we'll because share we, the snark. And because we didn't plan this episode, we're not going to do the normal stuff with our like predictions and summary. So we're just going to start off with... Some of the things that we actually enjoyed and loved about this movie. Mm-hmm. The beautiful day on the beach before the sharks began attacking. Yep. And then we we will still cover you know, the normal things that we cover at the end, but we won't do the predictions. We won't do the summary. This is like a little mini-sode for you. So. Right. So let's start off with what are some of the things that we loved about Chateau Christmas? Yes. So we Chateau Christmas was the Sunday night movie. So Sunday, October 24th for the Countdown to Christmas. And um, stars Merritt Patterson and Luke McFarlane. Sure. Yeah. Uh, good. To Hallmark Staples. <laughs> I'm starting to learn who these people are. I'm so very impressed. I, I can barely like, remember like the character names in the movie. Well, I remember Merritt Patterson from the movie last year. I didn't know her name. It usually takes me a couple of times to learn someone's name. So now I feel like, okay, I know who she is. And... Now, Luke McFarlane, I know who he is, too. So there, I'm, I'm adding to my knowledge database for the Hallmark movies. Uh, but this was on the main Hallmark channel. It was part of the Countdown to Christmas movies. Right. Uh, we were not originally going to review it because we did Jingle Bell Bride on Saturday night. But we just felt like... We felt compelled. It's the start of the season, so we're going to use a little bit of this momentum to bring some of our snark and love. Right. We had some thoughts. We wanted to share them with you because we felt like... That's what you deserve is a snark attack. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Tara, let's start off with what are some of the things that we loved about this movie? I want to first say I love the little girl, Simone. Yes. She I wanted more of her. She's the precocious child that I waited for all last year. And I don't think I really got in the way that I wanted. Right. And I'm hopeful that we will have more precocious children come about because they're the, there was one line and it had me and I was like, oh, I like this girl. I hope she's here throughout this movie. And she was, but not in the same way. But she's meeting the the main character, Jackson, again. It's been many years. And he's like, that can't be you. You were just a baby. And she's like, I'm definitely me. Who are you? And I was like, yes, you know who you are. And it made me think of that TikTok that's like, I am me. You, you are, are you. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am me. No, sir, you are you. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Well, and she she reminded me of a little mini Abigail Breslin back when she was in Little Miss Sunshine, like the way that she looked. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and she had that sort of, that, that precociousness about her, but they didn't overdo it with her as the actress in the movie. She was like a little drizzle of her. Mm-hmm. She gave some comedic relief to a movie that didn't really have a lot of comedy. And it wasn't even really comedy. It was just like cute happiness i guess it was a a good little yeah precocious child it was it was a dash of it well my favorite thing about this movie or one of my favorite things was luke mcfarlane like he 
I don't know. I don't remember what we saw him in last year. If we saw him in anything. I'm guessing a Hallmark Christmas movie. Probably. Well, yes. But which <laughs> one of the 24 that we watched would it be? Um, but he's he's nice. He's I think normally he could be just any other Hallmark dude. Like, right. whatever. But what I appreciated about him in this movie is he actually went to Juilliard. So this movie is a movie about music. They're putting on a Christmas concert at the Christmas Chateau. He's the director and she is, they were, they were both into music together in college and they've gone their own separate ways. And so he actually, as an actor plays the cello. So when he's playing the cello in the movie, you actually see him really playing the cello. And that gave me a lot of respect for him because that's not, I mean, Juilliard's no joke. So I... Well, I always appreciate it when it yeah. looks like people are actually playing the instruments in the movie. And I did feel like because of how much music there was in here, mm-hmm. everybody that we saw playing, it looked like they were playing. Right. Even Especially if it wasn't the them yeah. playing, it's still like they were like going in tempo mm-hmm. and <laughs> with the song that they were supposed <laughs> They understood to... music. Right. Um, and not just doing like what they think the moves are that musicians make with their bodies when they play. <laughs> I also liked in this mus- movie about music was the fact that like compared to Jingle Bell Bride, this felt like they actually paid for music versus downloaded from like ringtone.com or something. Right. Like it felt like there was some real music being played, not just like the music that the characters were playing, but the montage moments. I was like, oh, that's a song that probably cost them money. And I it adds such a depth mm-hmm. and layer. And I was like, thank you for spending some budget on the audio here. Right. Th- this one felt like it was a little more polished. I don't know, again, because of COVID stuff, mm-hmm. if some of these movies were rushed or if they weren't really able to really put the finishing touches on them that they normally do. But this one felt like it had the finishing touches on it um, at least from what I noticed on a first viewing and it did take me three viewings <laughs> to yeah, get we, we definitely this watched this one in a couple of segments I, so. I had yeah I kept falling asleep which we'll get to in a minute <laughs> um, well the thing that I liked in the movie was um, kind of springboarding off of my like for the male actor I liked the the chemistry and I liked the relationship between the two characters so right. Jackson is Luke McFarland's character and Margot is Merritt Patterson's character and I found their love believable because they were they were they were lovers in college. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you can believe that the love that they had then was real, but it was immature. Like they were they were still trying to figure out what they wanted to do. They weren't communicating well about what they wanted with their lives. And they ended up going their separate ways while still being deeply in love, but just pursuing other things. And so when they're in better places in their lives, they can come back together. And then that's when they can just continue on with that love that they already had. So it felt more believable that they could meet and be exchanging I love you's within like a week. (laughs) And it's and it actually felt connected to something real. And had they changed the ending, because I mean at the end it almost felt like he was about to propose. And if if they had done that, I would have been out. Mm -hmm. But it was like, hey, after I finish my music tour, let's come back and try this. this And I was like, yeah, "Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna quit my music tour and she was gonna give up everything everything right now. But it was like how do we have both? And I was like hey, okay, this is a modern romance that felt like a real timeline of rekindling because this is over the course of 10 days. 
And he gave a lot of nods to not wanting to change who she was and right. that he, he knew that he never wanted to stop her from having her music career. So I appreciated that too, that sort of nod to letting them be their own people before they came back together and letting them finish the things that they were still working on before they drop everything and start their life as husband and wife or family or whatever. <laughs> Donna, nana, nana. Snark attack! All right. So the real reason that we're here is to tell you the snarkable stuff with this movie. Um, there were some things that we liked, but um, what was our main Why are we here? I want to start off with this was such a polite movie. There was no sense of real conflict ever which is why i think this movie fell flat there was no sense of urgency or anything that was like i have to fix this or resolve this it was like i'm so sorry pardon me oh excuse me um i don't mean to intrude but may i suggest a wonderful idea that i know you'll say yes to like every character just like always apologized before they started talking the critic that was in this movie didn't even like there was no sense of like she, she was, was not like, mean or villainous i give you criticism because i know that it'll make you better Right. She was like, and I see how talented you are and you have the power to transcend you know, your listener. It's like, isn't that what we all want to hear from a critic? Not that we were just objectively bad, but right. or subjectively bad, but um, that, that the person just wants us to be better. And I mean, it was just like every single person was like, I'm sorry if I'm overstepping. Now, I will say the one person who's not polite in this is the PR friend who runs this Chateau Hotel place. All he did was say, hey, uh, best friend of mine, I don't know how to do my job. Can you fix it for me? Can you also not only direct the concert, can you get all the acts? Can you also then play in it? And then can you come up with how we're going to design the experience around it as well as the keepsakes? So this guy did nothing, (laughs) offloaded all the work on his friends, and he's the one taking home the paycheck. Right. He really got me when he was asking them to figure out how to promote the show for him. And I was like, isn't that your job? Like, what if these weren't your friends? What if what if you were? He would not have that job. (laughs) What's he going to do next year when like Margo and Jackson are off doing their own thing, having their family now? And they're above playing at the Chateau. Right. Their their Christmas holiday. Uh, well, so my thing, my snarkable moment with this, and, and you kind of brought this up. I had never really thought about what a chateau is, but I definitely I so feel like it was like a house in the mountains. And this was a, right. a resort hotel. So I was very confused. <laughs> I was thinking Chateau Christmas. We were going to go to like a mom and dad's chateau and I was going to be able to snark on, you know, the the obscene wealth of having a chateau. Um, <laughs> but no, or going wherever they went where there is a chateau or renting one. But no, it's like a massive hotel complex and it's super yeah. Christmas up to the nines. And they're staying there for 10 days. Right. So instead of like gawking at how much money their family has in like a countryside chateau you could get a standalone house for a better price well and it's also that room was massive like the living room was two ginormous like picture windows and that didn't even they didn't even show us the bedrooms off of there mm-hmm. and i was like who spends 10 days at like a resort hotel at christmas and is in one of these type of rooms right they have money you might get the room and then be going down to the common areas but their christmas tree that was surrounded by gifts these people are dripping with wealth yes (laughs) which i don't 
quite know how she's doing that as a musician. Like what kind of money? Well, I guess she's the daughter of the mom. The mom is dripping in wealth, even as a widower or a widow, a widow. She's a widow. She's a widow. <laughs> like where's their <laughs> money coming from? Um, but they, they like did how it. did the father actually die? Oh, black widow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was, I was, I kept being pulled out of the story by the setting of the story. It was not romantic. I just kept being like, who's paying for this experience? Why are they there? And in addition, they kept going to this Christmas market. And I like I kept feeling is the Christmas market they keep on the leaving front of the chateau. They keep going out into town to do stuff. But it was it like in the front lawn of the chateau? I mean, it was just the weirdest Christmas market that felt like the like prop studio for Hallmark Christmas films because it was, it like was they got just all the little <laughs> everything just like stacked on top of each other. It was all the ones from um that that Christmas duet movie last year where they had to do the <laughs> Christmas town thing. Oh yeah. In the in front of her inn. I bet it was all the same ones. Probably. I mean they have to keep them in some storage lot, right? That would be a thing to look at them and see if there's props like a- are getting reused because <laughs> it feels like they just have to have some sort of massive warehouse in Canada. They film almost all of these movies in right. Canada and just like recycle them. I'm sure the Christmas trees and decorations are right. I mean, a 12 foot tree is a 12 foot tree, right? right? And it's- then even if you swapped out some of the decorations, a lot of them are pretty timeless. So I bet there's a lot of that <laughs> going on. So I, the mom was also kind of a snarkable character for me. I felt like she was giving just this immense pressure to Margot the whole time of like, I'm not actually impressed by your massive like musical achievements, even though like Margot is like known by name by pretty much everyone they run into. And she's a pianist. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you got to run in some circles. To pianist. Be- pianist. She's a pianist. She's a pianist. pianist. That sounds like. A different word. It sounds like a dirty word, but we're going to go with it. The anatomical word. And a cellist. And, and a, a pianist. Viol- violinist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, the mom kept being like, I think he made a mistake not choosing him. I think he made a mistake. And then at the end, she was like, it's your choice, honey. Which is very much that typical I wealthy mother. Right. <laughs> uh, well, my, my second snark, and I guess my last snark, because this is just a little mini snark, um, the piano hands. So Margot, unlike Luke McFarlane, who can apparently now do no wrong, um, who plays his cello, he was actually playing it. But Merritt Patterson is not a pianist. She did learn some piano songs when she was a kid, uh, but she had a a hand double to play the piano for her. And it was, I looked it up. It was a, it was a professor of music and she composed the song that she played at the end and she performed it as the hand double. Um, And the hands definitely, like you would see Margot, this beautiful, like 30 something year old woman, like she's like a tiny little bird body you know and then she's got these hands that look like they belong to like a 60 year old woman they were the thick piano. they were thick hands <laughs> on a tiny little frame go. yeah you could see the wrinkles you could see the age which is all good and well right like right i'm I, I bought wrinkle stuff this week myself but uh, <laughs> and put some of it on my hands but you know it is um it was it was very clear that they weren't her hands because they they did that thing where you never see her 
body and her hands playing the piano at the same time. But I did learn that she spent hours trying to mimic the movements of this professor. Hey, that's pretty good. So she had the professor record herself playing and then Merritt tried to make herself look as natural as possible by like it was noticed. trying to not overdo it so that it looked like she was That was playing. one of our lovable things about this. Which is, is why looks- then when they zoomed in on those hands, I was like, those are, those <laughs> those are, are not, not Margot's hands. And like... One one last thought I had was just like, when did academia become the new like I'm a Christmas tree lot owner? <laughs> it's the trope? new bake shop or, right, or like, cookie cookie shop owner. It's just like everybody is everybody is in academia, and it's like, is it because like it gives them a reason to like not be working constantly? I think it is. I think academia is a very flexible job, and so it explains why they can still be sort of flailing and not settled yet because they were in grad school for all those years or they're waiting for tenure or whatever it is and it also explains why they can have two weeks off at Christmas or a month off at Christmas or be maybe not a month off because he was directing this um this This Christmas Christmas concert thing but like you know why he's more flexible with his time and he doesn't have to get his briefcase and go to work from eight to five every day I'm just curious to see how many more uh how many movies. professors we're gonna yeah, see? How many more professors we're gonna see? Because we we're clearly seeing some redundant themes, and of course we, that's expected with a Hallmark Christmas movie. But it, it, this is not the typical right. one. Like, and they're still a little off. I mean, just like I'm sure they are with all of these jobs, they're a little off in and how they package up what professorship is like or what that process is like well I graduated then I was a TA for a while and then I got a position in a department and now I'm department chair and just he can't I just don't know how he's department chair um especially if it was so competitive um you know but that I don't know I don't know how old he actually is so that I might be he's actually 64 years old oh well then that makes a lot yeah it makes a lot more sense (laughs) all right so um title review so title review my title i'm ready christmas condo <laughs> this is the, the, yes it's a chateau but really, it's really basically staying in a glorified like condo situation within this hotel so christmas condo let's call a spade a spade yeah this they was definitely a not a chateau <laughs> um chateau name does not make a chateau right <laughs> um my title would be how margo got her strings back oh because God. it's all about margo's lost her passion for music luke she or, got that one bad review and now she can never play again and, right and she's but like, oh her old boyfriend will make it right for her who plays the cello which is who- a strings instrument and so she gets him back because they're an old love and that is why how Margot got her strings back. And it's is- not how Jackson got his strings back because when they were done, Margot got complimented a lot by Jackson of how great she was. And she notably did, did not, not say anything to him about how good he was in she- his quartet. So only Margot got her strings yeah. back. She played the piano. Huh? She played the piano. Yeah. Her strings. Yeah, because he is the strings. Oh, he's the strings. Sorry. That's like, he's the ch- because <laughs> she, she's the him. love. Yeah. Oh. See, it's like, oh. yeah, yeah, it's multiple <laughs> layers. Oh, that's deep. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. The, the levels there. Any Christmas magic? I don't think there was any Not Christmas really, magic no. with this. More so than just the magic of just the Just the electric season. bill and how they could afford that. <laughs> The, the magic of a of a um interest compound interest <laughs> on a bank account i mean that's the only way these people yeah. are getting magic the of kind money. of money they have so and then will this love last 
Will this love last? All right. So you typically say yes, and I typically say no. Are you ready for what I think for this one? On the count of three? Well, one, one, two, two three. three. Yes. yes. All, All right. right. Yes. Yeah. Why do you think it'll last? Because it's the most realistic. Like, they have been thinking about each other for years since they, like, parted. They went and did the things in their lives that they want to do, and they still are picking one another. So even though they might have, like, unique schedules and it might, like, have some long-distance components to it, I think that they're both clearly committed. They've never forgotten about each other, and they think they have realistic expectations walking into this. And I think when you do that in your life, you're setting yourself up for a very successful, long-lasting relationship. Ditto. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else I can add to that. I agree with you completely. I think that um, the fact that they were together before, you can see that love. I mean, we can never really predict if they will date for just maybe three years and decide that it won't work. But I think they're both at a stage in their life where they're going to they're going to fast track it to family. Oh, absolutely. They're going to get married. They're going to start having kids right away. So I think that that is definitely in the immediate future for both of them. So maybe we'll have a Chateau Christmas to cherished memories to remember Christmas and evergreen, Christmas and evergreen engagement. <laughs> Bells are ringing. <laughs> I think that sounds like a winner. That's a bad, bad title <laughs> on the title review. <laughs> but yeah, I do think that they will. Um, I think, they'll, I think they're going to make it. All right. And then our for our rating system, which is when would we watch this movie? Like what time of year would we watch this movie? So Tara, where do you place this movie in terms of your rankings? Let me get my calendar because it ain't <laughs> going to be on a weekend. OK, we're going to pick an exact date. So I would watch this movie on November 10th. Is that just because that was one of the easiest random days of the week to find? It's still early in November, so we're not even yet really thinking about Thanksgiving as being the pre-Christmas. Mm -hmm. It's a Tuesday. So, and you know, it's the kind of movie you watch and then like you, you, you're on your phone during the commercials and then you forget to watch the end. And I'm not saying that because we did watch it on a Tuesday and that's exactly what happened. But I'm saying that because I did watch it on a Tuesday and that's exactly what happened. <laughs> so I agree that it's a Tuesday of the week, but I think taking up any November time space is giving the, the lack of like drive of this movie too much credit. So I think this is a post Christmas and post um, New Year's movie. I think this is one that comes on like like when you're already just like holidayed out, you're holidayed out. You're having a little bit of like your holiday hangover where it's like, man, I just did a whirlwind Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. And maybe we're a couple days after that. But it's definitely a Tuesday. So maybe my real answer to this, because I did specifically pick early November, not October, because October, when we start this countdown thing, I actually want to start to feel that Christmas magic. Right. I don't want to be like into it, like, 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 I want it to be like Christmas, like, right, slap you in the face with Christmas. Um, and so that's why I picked that kind of like we've kind of gotten over that hump of the beginning of Christmas, and now we're kind of just in that middle of November. But I would watch it on that Tuesday, mm -hmm. November 10th. Um, because also the Veterans Day is the next day, so you got the day off of work, so you can stay up late. I do not, oh, I do, so you can watch, you know. <laughs> Rewatch right before Christmas from last year. Great movie. And then put this one on as you're falling asleep because it's just already on your This is definitely a fall queue. asleep movie for sure. If you need a good nap, um, I may have fallen asleep to this movie in addition to Tara falling asleep to this movie. I fell asleep to it twice. So yes, I know that it'll do what it needs to do. 
it's all that beautiful music (laughs) (laughs) because it's like a musical with no words (laughs) perfect perfect well, this has been our snark attack. All right. So that's just a little mini bite-sized midweek tidbit for you there on Chateau Christmas. As um, we gear up for our, our much-anticipated One Royal Christmas, like holiday. Yes, one that's Royal coming holiday. next this weekend. Um, Austin is very excited I'm about so that. so excited. And we will give you the full rundown, not the snack-sized rundown, yeah. but the full rundown. So it's the difference between the shark just biting off your leg. This is the anaconda swallowing you whole. So that's what we're going to get for, for, we may have been watching horror movies. We watched anaconda. It's not just swallowing you whole. It's spitting you back out and then you wink and then you're eaten again. (laughs) If anyone's watched anaconda, you'll know know what we mean. You know, that's what happens when you get swallowed by a snake. So, all right. Well, I've been Tara. And I've been Austin. Merry Christmas. And happy holidays. 